Jerome. What's going on? You are here. Finally. And <laughs> and your shoulders are here too. Yeah, they, they've kind of grown a little bit. They made their way in the last, into the uh, studio. Last few years. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you, you uh, people, people just listening won't know this, but when you walked in here, you had to walk in sideways because your shoulders wouldn't fit through the door. It was before I was a 110-pound stick. What's that? It used to be a 110-pound stick, and now... <laughs> 110 I, pounds? Yep. What are you talking about? When I first started. So now I'm pushing 250. 250? Yeah. On my way to 260, hopefully, and then uh, I'll see what I'm going to do from there. Well, when I first met you and you were still doing MMA fights, you had a fight at 170. Right. And there's nothing 170 about you anymore. No. And I remember, I think I actually was cutting from 220. If you think I was at 220 and then we cut to 170 for that one. Oh, really? And I still remember at the weigh-ins, uh, his name was Javier Rubio. Yeah. And yeah. We were face to face and then we we're looking at the scale and then he just kind of looks at me. He's like, Hey, uh, so how much are you over? Yeah. He's like, dude, I'm not over. I'm actually under a couple pounds. And he's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause even at 170, you still look pretty big because yeah. you've just when you, you don't train like an MMA fighter normally trains. Like when you're not getting ready for a fight, you're bodybuilding. Right. And then when you're getting close to the fight, you're doing a little bit less bodybuilding because you have to cut weight. But you still have that mass. Right. Like you have the pumped up muscles that fighters usually don't have. Right. Cause I just love the bodybuilding part and I, I really couldn't give it up even though you know coaches were telling me hey you got to give that up for a little bit you <laughs> yeah know? i just couldn't i just love it too much so, so i try to do both but you can't really train your body to do two things like that especially two things that are so varied as mm -hmm. far as the the physical requirements that you're going to ask of your body one of them is everything's got to be explosive Everything's got to be long endurance. And the other one is you're moving weight slowly. You're lifting, you're going for the burn. And it's just, it's just two very conflicting methods of training. Right. And then it's the same movement over and over and over, as opposed to when you're fighting, you have to do different movements and you have to move like, you know, unexpectedly and bodybuilding yeah. is just the same movement over and over and over and over for years and years and years. And I guess it, it, it came one day to haunt me because I had an injury. Um, it was the first day of practice, and I was getting ready to fight at, um, I think it was going to be at 205. And I was actually grappling with a guy that was 150. And he put the arm bar on me, didn't even lock it up, and my bicep tendon just snapped. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually, I had forgotten about that until, until you mentioned it now. Did you have to have surgery to get that reattached? Yes, I had surgery, and it took about six months to uh, actually get rehabbed and everything back to normal. And then from there, I started going back to the gym, and I was curling a pound on this arm. Oh, geez. One so pound, like one literally pound, one pound. Literally one pound. So I had to start all over again. How did that feel? <laughs> Curling uh, one pound. Yeah, it was depressing, but the funny thing is, now no, um, just to, to go to finish up on that thought real quick. How long or how quickly did you go back to curling more weight closer to what you were doing before surgery? Did it did it take a really long time, or like did you start out with one pound for a week to get the range of motion back, and then you were able to do twenty, 
or did you go one and then three pounds and then five pounds over the course of months? Um, it was over the course of months because I was actually listening to the doctors and oh. uh, the therapist before I wouldn't know. How about, weird. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So it was over the course of months and eventually they gave me the go ahead. They're like, go ahead and go heavy, but don't push it. Just kind of go like a medium weight and my body just kind of the muscle memory came back and everything was, you know, it took about, I think six months and I was back to normal again. But even then I was still very, very careful. Yeah. I, I never pushed it. Even now I'm still kind of nervous about it. And it's been, I think about two years. Bicep stairs, I think are really common with fighters, uh, either from, from being arm barred or usually from throwing a wide hook, like a really open hook. And if the arm straightens out and it, ex- it just, it, if it's straight, if like, if you connect with the front of you know the, this part of the hand instead instead of like the knuckles you connect with you know if you don't connect properly and the arm extends on a hook it's such an you're throwing it with a lot of power the bicep snaps that's how Mondotor's bicep mm-hmm. yeah and you I think you I think that's probably a pretty common bicep stairs are, are probably pretty common in martial arts um but to go back in the gym and lift a pound my goodness that that must have been rough I've never had any injury that fortunately never had an injury that required long-term super careful super slow rehab i've had injuries where like for two days i can't move but then as soon as i start moving i get back to normal pretty quickly and then i can start doing all the things that i was doing before but that's my goodness i can only imagine yeah mentally it's so frustrating it's it kills you mentally but i mean i was after surgery i took a day off and i was back at the gym doing stuff that I couldn't do with my right arm, but I was still in there doing legs or anything that I could just to keep my mind straight. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is you're so used to like as an athlete, anybody who's been athletic for a long time, you're so used to putting your body under a certain amount of stress and going through, going through all these difficult things that you do day to day, whether it's lifting weights or martial arts or running, whatever you do. And then when you get to a point where you can't do that, even for a few days, it just, you don't know what to do with yourself. Like, that's what people tell me when people ask me, how do you, how do you work out every day? It's like, well, I, I can't not, I might take a day off every now and then it's, it's common for me to take a day off a week. But after that, the next day I got to get back in there. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm, I get unsettled. I have to get in there. I have to lift something. I have to hit something. Yeah. Have you, have you been, when, when did you start lifting weights? That's funny. Cause, um, it was, I was in seventh grade and I remember it because my cousin, we're similar in age and uh, he, um, he lived in Colleen. So the football over there, you know, those guys are, are big. And he came back one day, even though he was in seventh grade and I looked at him, I was like, what the heck? He's like, no, I just, uh-huh. no, I'm drinking milk and I'm working out <laughs> and this and that. I was like, I want to get like that. And yeah, he, I just remember he showed me how to do arm curls with five pounds and 10 pound dumbbells that I had at the house. And then from there, I started drinking a quart of regular milk, a quart <laughs> of chocolate milk, and those uh, six packs of donuts, the little donuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would eat that every day, thinking that that was going to help me grow. Weight gainer. And yeah, I just from there, and then I started buying the, the magazines, and I just got into it from there. Well, at that age, you probably do, right? Like, you, you need all those calories, whether they're good calories or bad calories is, is a different subject, but you need a lot of calories when you're in the seventh grade. So that's what, 12 years old, roughly Yeah. from there all the way to 20. I, I ate nonstop everything that I could all day long. And at one point 
I, like, I walk around at about 205 now. At one point when I was training for fights and, and doing jiu-jitsu tournaments regularly, I could not go over 170 pounds. And I would eat a pack of spaghetti every night for dinner with <laughs> ground beef and a bowl of cereal. That was my dinner. Every night was a pack of spaghetti with, with I don't know how much ground beef and onions and peppers, and I put everything in there, and a big bowl of cereal. And I was about probably 17, 18 at the time. Uh, and I could not gain a pound over 170. See, and then the, um, I think it was 2010. That's when I first got my membership at the YMCA. That's when I can actually say that I started because I knew what I was doing now. Because at seventh grade, you don't know how to really lift weights. Yeah. Yeah. You do so, what you do what you see in movies. Yeah. So once I hit the seventh grade, I mean, um, once I went to the YMCA, that's when I went Mondo and he was already lifting. So I started learning from them how to lift properly. Yeah. And then from there, it just took off and I just loved it. And I never, ever stopped. Right on. Like, I'll take a week off, like you said, and that's about it. Other than that, I'm, I never miss. I'm always there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, geez, man, as big as you've gotten, you look like Dwayne Johnson over there. <laughs> better. <laughs> better than better. Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. That dude is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you, are you just eating a lot right now? Or are you taking some of the Mexican supplements? No. Or, I, or what's going on? How, how'd you put on all this size? No, it's just about being consistent because people always ask, well, the first thing they ask, rather than how long have you been working out or what are you, you know, it's like, what are you taking? Yeah. It's like, you know. True, true, yeah. true. Yeah. And you can go and I can like take a hundred, hundred pound guy and I can give him whatever he wants to take. He can yeah. take every steroid under the sun and nothing's going to happen. You got to put in the work. You have to put in the work yeah. and that's what I've done. And then I go to a doctor and my doctor, he, he supplements me with testosterone as a replacement, mm. which is like the smallest. It's like a, such a small dose, mm -hmm. you know, and that's the only supplement I take. Other than that, I just eat. How long have you been taking that? Um, two years. Okay. And so at about like you're what? 38 now? 39. 39. Yeah. Did you, so your doctor was just checking your, your testosterone levels yeah. and decided that you're low or you, yeah, you because a little bit more. Yeah. Because growing up, I don't know if you remember the Andros and all that with Mark McGuire and you know all those supplements that came out. Bro, when you say growing up, you got to remember you're, oh, yeah. <laughs> you've got 11 years on me. <laughs> yeah. They had these, uh, test boosters that were legal. You can buy them at supplement stores uh -huh. and it turns out that they really weren't. They okay. Had, they had some stuff in there that wasn't legal. Mm. So it, I think by taking all that, it messed my system up and it caused me to, at an early yeah, age, at an early age, because I was one of those, kids how old I started when I was 18, taking okay. like the creatines and all that stuff. Yeah. So I was just one of those that you see the, the, the magazines and these guys are taking, they have the, you know, their ads and they're posing with these supplement things that they're drinking and you know, when they're not really drinking them. So I was like, oh, yeah. I want, I want to look like that guy. So I got to take that pill or I want to look like this guy. So, I oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, at 18, that's what you think. Yeah. yeah, so I was taking every supplement under the sun back then, Oof. and nothing happened. I mean, I grew a little bit, but it wasn't really anything dramatic. Yeah. So I think it, it just, over time, messed up my system and lowered my, my levels. Sure. Yeah. Well, that, that's a pretty common thing with the supplements where they're often, they, they tell you, oh, this is just protein, and it's going to give you an edge, and yeah. or this is whatever um, uh, pre-workout or post-workout. And what they're not telling you is that they're putting a little something in there mm -hmm. that they shouldn't be. Yeah. And that's, what's giving you the edge. That's, what's really making you feel 
at least to some degree, that's what's creating the difference between that protein and this other protein that's actually just protein. And that's how some fighters have been have gotten in trouble. Like John Jones allegedly was had taken some supplement mm-hmm. that had traces of of uh testosterone or, or some kind of steroid in it. And but I mean that's just cheese, man. If I'm John Jones, I'd have somebody test every little every single thing that enters my body. And right. what but but the point is. I mean, that's, that's oversight on their part, but the point is that that's a dirty little secret about a lot of these supplements. And even then, like with John Jones, it's like, it's not going to make him punch more accurate. It may make him stronger, you know, but it's not going to make him, I don't think like an actual better fighter per se. Well, I don't know when it comes to testosterone levels, maybe there, there's an argument to be made that people with higher testosterone have, have, are, are, are mentally sharper. Than somebody with lower. So, like I saw this this video one time explaining why, like one of the reasons you see so many male uh, race car drivers and very few females, is because testosterone is one of the things that um, contributes to or, or plays a part in judgment of distance, speed, angles, uh, reaction time. It has to do with 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 more than just building muscle. And so, I don't know, you get a fighter who's at like 400 testosterone and somebody who's at about 1,000. Um, I like the chances of the guy at 1,000 better. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's, if that, if that's yeah. actually scientific, but that's, I'm just thinking of that one, that one video I saw. And who knows if that's even true, but mm-hmm. um, I, I think it kind of makes sense for somebody who doesn't know what the hell's actually going yeah. on. Right. That's true. Yeah. You think of a bodybuilding or you just live just because you love it? No. You, have you ever done any bodybuilding competitions? No, I actually went for, for one and I went through the whole process. I did the dieting and everything. And then I went to the back, you know, to the weigh-ins. I got my number and we're all weighing in. And I just noticed like everybody in there was just so much bigger and ripped and shredded. And I knew they were on something because huh. I was at the time, I didn't, I didn't take anything. I was before with my doctor and everything. Yeah. So I was looking at everybody. I was like, uh, I don't think I belong here. <laughs> so yeah, I just walked out. That's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> as big as you are, you still I yeah, I just I left. Oh my god. And I went straight. This one this was in uh, Vegas and I went down to get pizza. <laughs> pizza and coke. Yeah. And I just yeah. <laughs> and for whatever reason, my body sucked up everything and it just it changed because I was carb loading and uh, the carbs were not it wasn't working for me. I was doing what do you mean? I was doing uh, sweet potatoes because I was trying to carb load for the show. Okay. And my body was just flat and nothing was working. You, you carb load after you went in, right? So, mm. so, but no water, no, no liquids. You were just eating the dry, oh. yeah, the dry stuff. And, ugh. Oh, interesting. It, it, just, it wasn't working at the time I was married and she was pissed because she ended up doing the show. She placed, I think second, if I remember, hmm. but we're doing it together and I just, no, yeah, I couldn't do it. <laughs> Did she have bigger biceps than you? <laughs> Yeah, she, she looked better. <laughs> oh, that's cool. But yeah, I mean, the pizza guy became uh, pretty good friends because we'd walk. I'd walk down there. He already knew my name. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny, man. And but you said that you're thinking about fighting again. Yeah. Um, have you have you thought about what weight? Because I doubt it's going to be at 170. Yeah, because yeah, we did. I had done 170. I did 185, and I think I did a catch weight at 190. So right now I don't plan on losing the weight, so it'd have to be a heavyweight. Jesus. So um what like 220 maybe? 
Uh, that'd probably be, yeah, that'd probably be a good weight for me if I was getting cardio shape and everything. 220, 225. Um, it's just something I can't give up yet. I don't think I've had that one fight to where you let it all out and you can leave satisfied. I don't yeah. think I've, I haven't done that yet. Okay. How many fights have you had total amateur pro all of it? Um, trying to remember. I'm, I think it's around nine or 10. You've probably had some fights that you don't even know if, if you actually count them or not. Right. Like back in the day, mm -hmm. exhibition matches at, at local gyms and that type of thing. Yeah. They're not all on record. Yeah. Cause it was, it's, this was before everything was actually legal. We had trouble trying to get it done in Texas. Cause this was back in 2003, 2004. Oh, wow. So it was still, we had issues trying to get licensed. Oh, you can't do this here. You can't hit with an open hand here. You have to wear this, this right. type of equipment. And we finally got it done. And I was at the, at the casino at Summon Park. Oh yeah. That was uh that was bare knuckle, right? It was going to be, but no, they changed it. We actually got the MMA gloves for that one, mm. but we were sharing gloves. That was, that was gross. <laughs> That's such a ghetto. Yeah. Event. <laughs> All the fighters were just passing the gloves. And by the time I got them, they were like soaked with sweat. It was, it was nasty. Oh man, that's uh, that's not very sanitary. No, that's not. Yeah, but it was cool because I back want that. back then you actually saw some. You know, Diego Sanchez was at our fights, like names oh, yeah. that that became UFC fighters later. They were there at those those fights that we did. Carlos well, man, Condit, any, any one of you guys that was training back then, like that group of four or five guys, any one of you could have gone to the UFC. You all had you all had the ability. Just, I just. I don't know what happened. Everybody started going different ways. Maybe yeah. maybe nobody was persistent enough. That and then I guess money got involved, not as far as the fighters go, but with the coaches and things got kind of messy with that. Mm. And I mean, personally, I just did it for because I liked it. I didn't care about money or if I got paid or not. But yeah, and I was just one of those guys that was like, you want to fight? I'm like, okay. I didn't really care about the guy's record or anything like that. I just didn't want to fight one of those easy fights because all the guys that I that's fought, funny because that's all I want. See, for <laughs> <laughs> why why would you not want an easy fight? I mean, like I, if I was if I was actually doing it for a living, I would want the easiest fight for the most money. That, that's what I would want. I mean, because I understand you want to build your <laughs> like some guys want to build the record, their yeah. confidence, and this and yeah. that. But I just never was like that. I got you. And I actually looked at the. At, you know, I'd ask, hey, is this guy good? Like, yeah. And this one time they offered me a fight and the guy had like a losing record. He hadn't won and he used to walk around with a cane, but that was just a gimmick. Oh, geez. And I thought it was real. And I said, no, I'm not going to fight him. He's, you know, <laughs> he walked you know, around with a cane. Yeah. They would even let him fight if you're. No, he didn't. He didn't need it, but that was just like his persona, I guess. I guess he was trying to put on an act. That's so goofy. But for me, I thought it was real. I really thought maybe he has an injury or he's disabled in some way and I'm not going to fight him. You know? I want no. What it, I guess, I mean, unless his record was like 5 and 0. Oh. No, it was he had a losing record. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just yeah well, yeah, one of the things about fighting somebody with a losing record is it takes away some of the the appeal of the victory. Right. Because then people are like, "Well, who the hell did you beat?" You're like, oh, yeah. I won my fight. They're like, yeah. yeah, but that guy has never won a fight. Exactly. So you might as well be fighting some random person yeah. off the street. At a bar or something. Yeah. 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 So that was my thing. I wouldn't be happy with it. Yeah. So well. And this, and this last fight where I actually tore my bicep, well, he was actually from Bellator, and he actually got picked up by the UFC. I don't know if he's still there or not, but 
Do you I, remember his name? Um, Jeremy Kimball. Okay. Yeah. Jeremy Kimball. And then we were going to fight at 205. I'm going to look him up. I was only going to get paid uh, 750 bucks. I didn't care. Oh, man. You know? And Jeremy Kimball, fight name Grizzly. Yeah. Let's let's look at his record. Let's see. He's 17 and 9. It's not too bad. Nope. Yeah. And I remember on Twitter, because I used to have a Twitter account, and he was saying that he was going to knock me out and this and that. So I was excited. I was ready to go. Because <laughs> <laughs> normally fighters are pretty cool with each other and you know, there's really no trash talking. I mean, at well, least what I've experienced, everybody's been cool with me. And then that's where I kind of like, oh, my downfall is because I'm a nice person. And yeah. I need somebody to like, you know, wake me up. My <laughs> first fight, about a week before the fight, it was a local dojo. And about a week before the fight, the coach from that dojo, who's just right. some, some dummy that, that doesn't matter. I don't know if you know who that is, but I'll tell you later. I don't want to say any names I'm pretty right sure. now. Yeah, he sends me a message on Facebook. He, we weren't even Facebook friends. I don't know how he found me. Maybe through somebody else's Facebook. He like he saw the name. He goes, "Oh, you're the guy fighting one of my fighters. Um, that guy's a real killer." Well, I had beaten one, so I had beaten one of his guys at a grappling tournament like a month before. Okay, and he goes, "Oh, that you're fighting this guy. He's a he's a savage on the feet, and." Um, he and he and he taps out the kid that gave you trouble at that grappling tournament. Mm -hmm. So good luck with that one. And I was like, bitch, yeah, put you in the cage with him. I'll kick yeah. both your asses. I'm like, who are you? Who are you? If but for the coach to actually yeah. to start instigating trash talk between the fighters was just unheard of. Like, I'd never seen that before. It's like, how insecure are you about as a coach? And 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 in my mind, I'm like, well, your fighter must be a real bitch if you're having to talk shit for him. Yeah. I think he was just scared. He knew <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And well, just to, to, for, for, for those who, who listen to that, to my 30 seconds right now, just to let him know how that fight went, I choked him out in the first round. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, you know, his grappling must not be that good. No. If uh, the other guy, I t it took me like five minutes to tap him out at that tournament. And what? this guy tapped him out in two minutes. Imagine the look on that coach's face. Well, that night, so our team that night, I was training at the sub grappling district back then. We had three of our fighters against three of their fighters. All three of our fighters beat their fighters. Uh. And that's when you start to think about who, what's your team made of? Who are you training with? Mm -hmm. Right. Like I always say that, you know, when, when the fighters are walking out in the UFC or, right. or when they're fighting, they put their records out. Yeah. I feel like they should put out the coach's records as well. Like this coach is 120. You're like, okay, that's a good coach. This right. coach is 20 and 100. You're like, well, shit. His fighters are losing way more often than they're winning. And I think, I mean, I, I don't know if they should maybe display that at the, at the event because it's about the fighter, not the coach. And if you're kicking everybody's ass and you have a terrible coach like Ronda Rousey was for a while, yeah. then so be it. But at least uh, if for me, if I was fighting and if that's what I wanted to do for a living and I really wanted to go all the way with it, if I walked into a gym to select a coach to train with, I'd ask them for their record. I'd want to know what percentage of the time are they winning. And I feel like probably a good percentage is anything over, I don't know, 80%. I've never actually done any research on this. Yeah. Like, I don't know what Jackson's record is or Faraz Zahabi or some of these really high-level coaches. Mm -hmm. I don't know what their records are, but I'd be curious to know, as a percentage, how often are their fighters winning? It's a good idea. I never thought of that either. Maybe yeah. Basketball, though. I don't know. 
It would make sense that they do. Because, I mean, they keep a record. Like, they know, like, Don Haskins, like, oh, well, he won so many games and winning this coach and this and that. And Don Haskins, who's that? Uh, from UTEP. Well, he passed already, but. I was going to say, yeah. that's the name of the of the basketball center yeah. here. Yeah. Okay. So he had, like, they know their records as far as, like, how many wins he's had and stuff like that. Mm. They never displayed it, like, on really on TV or for every game, but they, they knew, like, okay, well, this coach has so many wins, so many losses. I think they do that for sure in college. But for fighting, that'd be cool. That'd be a good idea because you don't want to go, you know, train with some coach that doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Well, I think as a fighter, it's your responsibility to to make sure that your team is, you know, it's like Louis Simmons always says, if you run with a lame, you'll develop a limp. Mm -hmm. And so if, if you're trying to be the best, it's your responsibility to make sure that the people around you are the best. And if they're not, go to another team. Right. And there's this whole thing with some people that I don't agree with where they talk about loyalty and oh, I'm loyal to my team. I wouldn't go somewhere else. It's like, but if your team sucks or if your team is missing practice or if your team is not as motivated to succeed as you are, or they're not as they don't want to be number one and you want to be number one and they're okay just being a professional fighter, for example, then you probably need another team. If I, if I'm trying to be the best in the UFC, I want everybody around me to be trying to be the same thing. See, and that was the cool part when we all started back in early 2000s because we trained with our team, and then there was a team in Cruces that we trained with together. We got along with them. Um, Bushido would train with us too. There was a team in Juarez that would come across every now and then. Mm. And we just, you know, it's not like we did it every day, but it was open to, like, their team. would co We'd come to their gym or we'd go to their gym, and it was just cool. Like, everybody was like, hey, let's all just work out together. Yeah, that's cool. So now, nowadays, as far as you're, uh, you're, you're trying to put on size, what, what are your workouts typically like? How, how long, first of all? Um, I, I just now, I think the best thing that I've ever done is I trained by instinct. I mean, I don't really have like an actual program as far as like how many sets and the amount of weight that I lift. I just know for sure what day I'm doing. Like on Monday, I'm doing back, uh, Tuesday's chest, Wednesday's legs, Thursday's shoulders, and Friday's arms normally i'm there for about two hours but i'm not one of those at supersets i just kind of like my body tells me when i'm ready to do my next set mm. and it tells me okay well you, you feel i feel like lifting heavy today i'll lift heavy i feel like lifting you know maybe i'll bench 100 pounds and i'll do 100 you know just my body lets interesting me know. it's all by feel yeah huh. and i think for me i'm not saying it's the best way but for me that's the way that i felt that my body like actually it was like hey this is working this is what you need to do and of course the food coming in i mean sure you have to eat and eat and eat well it's definitely working because you're you're getting so much bigger mm. but i've never heard of anybody say that the one thing that worked for them is not having a program yeah that's so crazy because yeah. everybody's got this everybody repeats the the saying that if you if you don't have a plan you plan to fail or whatever you know something like that whatever it is and that's so crazy you're just like well i just do whatever i feel like yeah, and I mean, I used to have a program, but I hit a, a plateau. And after that, I was like, something ain't right here. And I just kind of, I don't know what happened. I just I just started training by feel now. What was that program like? It was more of, um, okay, I'm going to bench press like so many sets. And the weight's going to start. I'm going to start with this amount of weight. And I'm going to do you know so many sets with this weight. And then I'm going to jump up to this weight and this weight and this weight. This is pretty much like those programs you can pick up online. So everything was super fixed. You were doing the same yeah. thing. Like every Monday you were doing the same amount of reps, the same amount of sets yeah. with the same exercise. 
you wouldn't even switch wide grip bench, close no. grip, dumbbell. No, everything was okay. just, yeah. Everything well, was that's a problem yeah. for sure. Yeah. Because you're definitely going to hit a plateau with that probably mm -hmm. within a few weeks. Mm -hmm. You're just not going to make any progress. Your body accommodates to the stimulus. Mm -hmm. And if the stimulus never changes, then it's just, yeah, you, you actually don't get any better. You start to go backwards. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's important to always change exercises. That's why like for me, let's say that, just for example, if Wednesday was my bench day, right. I don't really have a bench day, but if one day Wednesday was my bench day, one week, one, you know, this one, like today is Wednesday. Today I might bench close grip. Next Wednesday I might do floor press. The following Wednesday I might use a different bar, like a, like a football bar. The next Wednesday I might put chains on the bar and right. So always changing the, the type of apparatus that I'm using and also the velocity at which I'm moving it mm. to keep the body always stimulated the central nervous system uh -huh. like oh shoot this is new what are we doing today right uh, yeah and if i do the same thing my, my biggest issue in anything that i do is i can't get bored i can tolerate discomfort uh -huh. i can tolerate annoyance i can tolerate a lot of things uh -huh. i cannot tolerate boredom so in the gym i always need new exercises okay. no matter what i'm doing if i'm hitting the bag and I only have one kind of bag, like a, like a, like a heavy boxing bag. Mm -hmm. I need a reflex bag. I need a tie bag. I need uh, one of those uh, standalone dummies. I need different things. I need to hit mitts. If I'm, if I'm bench pressing, same thing. I need to have three, four different bars. I need to have chains, bands. I've got to always change everything that I'm doing. And that's the only way that I make progress. And I notice that every now and then my workouts are just not that aggressive. I'm just kind of like, uh, just going through the motions and I, it doesn't really hit me right away that I'm just bored. Mm -hmm. And then I, I'll see somebody at the gym doing something a little bit different. Or I have, if I have a training partner, they'll say, Hey, let's try doing it this way and I'll do it. And then all of a sudden I'm putting a lot more force into everything that I'm doing. And it's just right. because I've woken myself up. Mm -hmm. hmm. How do you, how do you, work that in like do you do, are you constantly rotating exercises or do you do you do you like let's say you're doing dumbbell presses you'll do dumbbells for a couple of weeks and then you'll switch or is it always just whatever you feel like on that day i mean it's kind of a mixture of both like like i can like i've been inclining for the i guess a few years now i stopped bench pressing i don't i don't flat bench really anymore um, and I just got into inclining and for whatever reason, I just, I love it. And it's, you know, I've been going up in weight and lifting heavier and heavier. And I know I'm kind of repeating the same workouts, but I still feel the pump and I still feel like my body's growing. So until it stops, you know, or I hit a plateau, then I'm, I'll change it. Yeah. But for the most part, I kind of stick with something until it doesn't work. So a lot of times you may think it may look like my, my stuff is routine, but it's because I'm doing the stuff that I feel is working. Mm. And you can tell it's like, I'm lifting, you know, a certain, I'm doing a certain exercise and you, you, your body, you can feel it like it's working. Yeah. And you know, if I try something new, um, I'll know within the first two sets if it's working or not. Like I can go in the gym and I'll be like, okay, yeah, 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 for know, sure. I'll do like one set of this. I don't feel it. And I'll just go to something else right away. Yeah. But if it works and I feel it, I'm going to just stick to it until I don't feel it anymore. Yeah. So, I guess that's kind of how I am. I do something for a couple of weeks and then I say, you know what? I'm done with this. I want something yeah. else. Then I switch it up. As long as I'm lifting something, I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. I got I gotta lift something. Yeah. I just I can't imagine not working out. It'd just be horrible. I think it keeps us younger too. I mean Oh, definitely. I mean, I I look back at high school and it's funny because a lot of my 
people that I know that were like the jocks and the big guys back then. And, you know, the guys everybody looked up to now, it's like they gave up all the working out and they, they yeah, <laughs> yeah. kind of aged a little the bit. table turned. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, wow. Damn. Or they're smoking or they're yeah. drinking yeah. or they never gave up the alcohol yeah. or they never learned to, 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 well, they never even attempted balance. or thought about to, yeah, to balance it yeah. and do it every now and then instead of every weekend or every few days or whatever it is. That's a big one. That'll age the hell out of you. Uh-huh. And it's funny because the guys that I used to look up to back then, I'll get a call or a text message. Hey, and they're asking my advice now. Uh, like they're asking the skinny kid that was, you know, a hundred pounds back then what to do in the gym. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Isn't that cool? Isn't that one of the coolest feelings when you think back to whatever kid at school used to intimidate you? Yeah. And you're like, I'll bitch slap that guy right now. You're like, <laughs> I, I'll roll him up and, and choke him and do whatever I want. Yeah. Think, think, things shift. Yep. And, I, I don't know if you've seen that movie, uh, Goodwill Hunting. No. Well, there's this scene where um, he sees this one guy in the park that used to pick on him when he was a kid. And then he just kind of, hey, he's like, you know, he's cruising in the car. He's like, hey, I recognize that guy. He used to pick on me in middle school. And he just gets off. He's like, hey, remember me? And he just starts fighting him and beating the <laughs> crap out of him. Oh, jeez. And the funny thing is, is I remember there was this one kid in middle school, and he tried doing that to me. And I actually saw him not too long ago. And I, I just had a split second thought of, man, I'd love to just go up to him and go, hey, remember me? <laughs> but, just, yeah, I just well, nah. knock him I like, out. <laughs> I was like, no, I'll just leave it. All good. Well, I think as soon as you walk up to him and you say, hey, remember me? He's going to be like, oh, shit. Yes, I do. <laughs> in, in middle school. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's hilarious. Dude, you used to send me some of the weirdest memes and texts. <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest one, I still remember. It was so funny. You sent me this meme one time of these two cholos in a bathtub. <laughs> trying to remember. <laughs> and, and the caption was, Hey, bro, when you told me you liked the gangbang, I didn't think you meant like this. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know where this came out of nowhere. That was one of the mild ones. Oh, yeah. No, it's because. Well, what was that all about? Was that just something that you and your friends just. Yeah, it's because when you start working, you know, you know, guys, are we just, you know, you just start sending all kinds of weird stuff. Like yeah. That. And I, I always like to take it a level up. Of course. You know, because I like to get a shock factor out of people. Yeah. They're like, what? <laughs> you've got, it? you've gotten a yeah. few for sure. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh man, I love, I love a good meme. All right. Some, some of them are just so clever. Mm-hmm. You look at it, you look at a meme. And you just, sometimes I'm just scrolling through my my Facebook feed, and I just sit there and laugh for ten minutes. It's hilarious. Um, one thing that <laughs> this earlier today that kind of made me laugh. I was like, well, what the hell is this all about? I went to donate blood. Okay. And you know, you got to fill out a questionnaire. Yeah. Have you been out of the country? Have you gotten a tattoo? Have you had sex with a prostitute? Yeah. Right. Have you, or, or have you had, one of them was, have you had sex with a person who has received payment for, for, uh, I don't know, whatever. The one question that made me stop and think was, have you had sex with another male? Oh, yeah. And I was like, I, I was like, do you guys, do you guys still believe that you get HIV yeah. from, from gay sex? <laughs> I'm like, this is 2020. You ought to know better. <laughs> like, why is that question in there? Yeah. I thought I, that was ridiculous. I saw that one yesterday. I went to donate blood too. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
that was the dumbest thing. And I thought about it for a minute. And I thought, you know what? Maybe the idea is that like with gay men, they're not worried about pregnancy. So they're less likely to use yeah, protection exactly, and uh, put them at a higher risk of, of uh, contracting an infection. But then you would just change the question to, have you had unprotected sex? Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. be, yeah. How I, I was sitting there, like I sat there for, for a good 20 seconds thinking about it. Like how, in 2020, with all the equal rights activists and all of those movements, this question is still in there. It only has one implication as mm -hmm. far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I, I couldn't think of like what, another reason why that question would be in there. <laughs> we should put that on Facebook and see how many gripes we get about it. Oh, that'd be, yeah. <laughs> that'd be a little rough. Yeah. yeah. That's why some people don't go donate blood. Huh? Yeah. They're like, what are you saying? It's just, I was, uh, Wow. can't say anything now everybody's everybody's feelings get hurt they do mm -hmm. i for the most part still say whatever i want and uh that's one of the reasons i wanted to start the show is just to be able to say whatever yeah. i want and that's another reason i decided to do it live because right. i don't want to be edited i don't want to edit anything i say i don't want to edit anything that my guests say right and so once it's once it's said it's out there mm -hmm. And if you make a mistake, you just have to say you're sorry, right? Like, yeah. like an adult should. Yeah. Like, hey, sorry, I screwed up. Um, and, and then you continue on with life. Mm -hmm. But we've come to a point where something that you said 10 years ago can be pulled out of your social media and exactly. can be used to, to ruin your life. And that's just ridiculous. And censorship all over the place whether it's by government or it's not so much by government, actually it's these social media platforms or companies that pay people that sponsor athletes or celebrities or whatever the case may be. Mm. They really want to control everything that they say because that person is now a representation of their company. And if you make a racist joke or a gay joke or say something inappropriate and you're sponsored by, I don't know, Under Armour or whatever it is, then that looks, that reflects poorly on them. Right. And that I can understand. But the one thing I have a problem with is sites like Twitter, like YouTube, these massive social media sites uh, uh, censoring speech. That I have a problem with. I think that these large platforms or really any, any social media website, um, anything that has to do with interaction – should should be should be treated in a way where it's they're, they're not allowed to censor speech at all, right? Like whatever's that whatever's on there is on there, right? Um, unless maybe you're making threats to somebody, you're trying to get you're trying to compel a certain group of people to go attack someone, that kind of thing. If you're putting somebody's life in jeopardy, sure, but just for being politically incorrect, I don't think any any of that should be censored. I think that should fact like there should be a law that says like no, like look Twitter. You know, you can't censor people for saying something that you deem inappropriate because right. you're because you're controlling thought, right? You censor what people say, you start censoring what people think. You can shape people's thoughts by controlling the information that they receive. And that's what dictatorships do. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a problem. Why'd you, um, you closed your Twitter account, no? Yeah, I mean... There's just was not, there was there something like that? It got on your nerves, or no? I'm just not very. I don't like seeing a lot of stuff now. Just what people post and this and that, and 
if you like this person, you're an idiot, or it's like, who cares? Like, you yeah. know, we all, you know, there's a lot of that. There's definitely is, a lot of that. It's just kind of like, yeah, I'm just done with all that. <laughs> that and then plus it just just the Facebook. I'm just I'm happy with that. That's enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just all it's just too much, and then it takes too much of your day. And I don't know. I think people just lost touch of how to communicate and you know, face to face, and everybody's just doing it through their phones. And there's a lot of that for sure. Yeah, and people just put stuff like, "Oh, look at me!" You know, they want attention, like my picture, <laughs> and you know, stuff yeah. like that. It's like, no, it's like no. It's uh, always so easy for me to spot those fakes. Like you have a like you know, if you have, look at somebody's Instagram and uh-huh. every single picture. There's either an expensive car next to them right? or they're holding a glass of champagne. Oh, I'm toasting the good times. Yeah. It's like, what, every weekend you have yeah. something to toast? <laughs> nobody has something to toast every weekend. Nobody has. Nobody is going to, 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 to some event, you know, whatever the hell you're pretending to do every three days. Nobody's doing that. There's this one I forgot. She, she posted something like, I'm, I'm not going to give her name out, but it was like a, a rock or some kind of like um crystal i'm just enjoying my crystal right here and instead oh, of geez. yeah instead of oh just an up, instead of just like the picture of the actual crystal yeah, 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 yeah. it's like her whole body yeah. and she's like in a swimsuit i'm like yeah really? like the worst one is when people uh, take picture with other people's jewelry <laughs> or other or next to next to a car that's just like on the street you don't even yeah. know whose car that is and you go take a picture with with the with the mercedes or the maserati or so people are so silly man it's just about status Mm-hmm. But yeah, communication has been largely yeah. severed in society. And I saw a meme one time that said, you know, people ju- just essentially communicate with emojis nowadays right. or GIFs. Yeah. I hate uh-huh. GIFs, man. I Or or whatever, those stickers that people send. It, okay. It's like, yeah. w- w- you know, you're trying to have a conversation with somebody and they're responding with a sticker. With a sticker. And I'm like, don't you know any words? Mm-hmm. Like just type a few yeah. words. My goodness. Unless it's like a thumbs up, like you say, "Hey, I'll see you in thirty minutes," yeah. and you send a thumbs up, like, "All right, cool." Okay. But or if you put a, a smiley face at the end of a sentence, uh-huh. something like that, fine. But I saw this meme that said it, it had a, a picture of Egyptian. What, what are they called? Um, the 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 drawings in the pyramids, hier- hieroglyphs. Hieroglyphs. I don't, I didn't want to yeah, attempt it because <laughs> I don't know how to say the word hieroglyphics. I, I think yeah, something like that. And it said we've we after all these thousands of years, we've, we've gone, gone back. back to a point where we communicate <laughs> with little images. See, and I mean, I'm yeah, I am older, but I remember I grew up in a time where there were no cell phones, and if you wanted to talk to a girl, she would have to call your house. And there was only one oh, yeah. phone line. <laughs> yeah. And you're, you know, you're talking, you have like 30 minutes to talk and then your mom will pick up the phone to try to, you know, make sure you're not talking about bad stuff. And then you hear <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you were forced to actually have a conversation with a person. Right. Now I can't stand this whole texting thing. I mean, I'll, I'm, I, I text. It's and I useful. Get it. It's useful. Yeah. But when you actually meet somebody and that's all you do is text, it's like, just call me. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Make yeah. a freaking phone call. I want to hear your yeah. voice. And, you know, we can talk for a good 20, 30 minutes and then that's it, you know? Yeah. Instead of this back and forth, like, hey, how are you? And, oh, like, oh, I'm, I'm sick of that. I don't like it. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm just one of those old school people. Just pick up the phone, call me, let's make a plan or whatever. Or tell me how your day was and then that's it. Don't text it. You got to embrace the technology, Jerome. No. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> no. It, it, it's hard. Yeah, no, I get it. It can't be. It can't be the only way you communicate. I mean, it's useful, like you said. I understand it. I get it. But as far as it being like a hundred percent of your 
right, the right. way you communicate with your partner it's like no you lose it's just not there there's no connection anymore yeah i mean i, I definitely like having conversations with people and I, I wouldn't be doing this if i wasn't if i didn't but there just there are times where i get a phone call uh, and i'm like you could have texted me this right Right. There, there are times where I'm just too busy to talk. Mm. I've got too much going on or I'm on my work phone and my, uh, my personal phone is ringing and I'm like, it's my mom. She probably just needs to ask me to pick up something from the store right. <laughs> or something like, you know, like she could just text me that. Um, for <laughs> It's, it's kind of funny. When my mom first started texting, she would she would call me or my sisters or my brother, I should call us. And if we don't answer, she would send a text that says, call me. <laughs> and that was the only text that she would send. It's like, it's like, yeah, I saw the missed call. I got it. <laughs> I'll call you back. That was the only text that she would send for, she would text, she would send for months. Then she started being more elaborate with her texting. It's pretty funny. Call me like, yeah, I got that. The, the, the missed call covered that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's more of like, like, say you're going to, you know, find a date with somebody and you're texting and it's like, you know, it'd just be easier. Call, let's make a plan and that's it. Instead of like taking two hours to plan something, you know, what if she's doing her hair. But even then it's like, she's well, fixing her hair. Like, she's putting on her lipstick. I mean, my thing is don't, she can't talk and do makeup. Well, for me, it's like, if you're going to text me, then make sure you have the time to text me. Don't text me and then wait an hour and then respond and then wait another hour, respond 30 minutes. Like if you're going to do it, then do it, have the time to do it. If not, mm. then leave me alone. I don't know. Maybe I'm just... Can I go against that a little bit? Yeah. The whole point of texting is that you communicate when you have the time to do so. Yeah, that's... And a, that's you, don't, you don't have to carry out a conversation in the, in, in the immediate. So I could, I could... So somebody could send me a text and I don't have the time to respond right now. And I'll just say, okay, I'll get, to, I'll get back to them after the podcast, right? That's the whole point of texting. So I, I, think, I mean, I think you're a little bit confused. No, I mean, for me, it's like, <laughs> like in a relationship, you're like, somebody's asking, you oh, so how was your day? And then you begin, you know, texting. Okay. okay my okay, day yeah, was this, yeah, this, yeah, and yeah. this. You push send. How was yours? And then you ask them how they're, you know, yeah, yeah 30 yeah, minutes yeah, goes yeah. by an hour, maybe even two. It's, it's happened to me before. And then, yeah. and then they respond after all that. And by that time, I'm like, my thought is already, my brain is out elsewhere. I don't want to hear, you know. I got like, you. You know, it's like in that moment you asked me how my day was, meaning you were willing to talk to me. You had time, so if you didn't, then don't text me, huh? Unless it's something short, you know, then that's fine. But or at least be honest. Hey, I'm busy. I'll talk to you later. Just something. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, so I mean, it bothers you when, when yeah. you, yeah, because we all have our phones. We all carry them on us. It's like we can't lie and say, oh, well, I left my phone here. My phone's off. I mean. Most of us, we were attached to our freaking phones. You know, the big thing is when somebody, so the, the big thing nowadays, when you're friends with somebody on several social media right. sites and you message them, they go, oh, I, they get back to you and they're like, oh, I didn't have my phone with me. But meanwhile, when you message them, you know that they're live on Instagram or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Right. You can tell you like, what do you mean you have your, like, I see you live yeah. or I see you posted something five minutes ago. There's that whole thing where you get to keep tabs on people and call them out on their bullshit. <laughs> well, yeah, because even at one point I was dating somebody. I won't say their name. Why not? But nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah, I just remember asking this person, hey, so how was your day? This, this, and this. And 
no response. And then you can, you know, I went to another social media and they're over here posting selfies and pictures. Mm. And I was like, okay. What if though you're trying to get a really good selfie and you're really focused on making sure that the background is right and you have good lighting and you're, 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 when you, when you pucker up your lips or you stick out your tongue, <laughs> it's just correct. It's the right amount of, you know, it's sometimes a selfie can take a while, dude. Yeah. I mean, you don't take very many selfies. No. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, I'll, I'll put pictures of my dog. I'm just saying, I'm not food. disagreeing with you. I'm just goofing around. Yeah. I know. I mean, the pictures <laughs> I put are my dogs, food, and, my progress at the gym because I work hard for what I, you know, yeah. and I'm, I'm proud of it. And people may say, Oh, well maybe you're just doing this, this, and this too. I'm like, no, I work, you're my insecure. Ass. Yeah. <laughs> I work my ass off to, to look a certain way. And I'm proud of it. Yeah. If you don't like it. Well then. Right. Yeah. It's, it's literally called bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. You're building your body. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what it's called. People are like, Oh, well, why are you? It's like, did you, it's called bodybuilding. But then again, I'm not, doing, that part? I'm, I'm not doing the duck lips and I'm not, you know, like pulling my pants down. And well, that's the you problem. Know what I mean, that's the problem. It's just, you know, we should be doing the duck lips. Uh, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Oh, well, it's, man. It's crazy. How's everything else with you? No, it's going good. I mean, work is uh, busy. Um, I'm on vacation right now, but yeah, work is uh, going good. I mean, like Any that. crazy shit popping off? There's always something going on. Yeah, I mean, some stuff we can't really talk about, but I mean, there's there's always something going on. I mean, we just got our our fence um, upgraded, um, which is by, by the way, folks, we're talking about border patrol yeah. work. Yeah, just so they know. So our fence got upgraded. Um, it's still we're still kind of feeling it out because people are getting over it. I mean, surprisingly, they are jumping Those over. Those are the people you've got to catch? Yeah. And a lot of times, um, a lot of people have come back with the COVID that, you know, we tested, they've tested positive for it. So oh, shoot. I don't know if that has a lot to do with our numbers going up. I mean, some can say yes, some can say no, because we app apprehended them and we sent them back. But still, I mean, a lot of our guys have gotten, you know, infected by it and you ever get into shootouts in the middle of the desert at night or something like that? Not personally, but we've heard, you know, I've heard gunfire plenty of times. You can hear. Really? It. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. Is, are those other units or, or like people you work with or just people. People from the South. A drug deal going down in the middle of nowhere or. Yeah. Cause I mean, where I work, we're so close to the, um, to the Mexico. It's like, you can see like the housing and everything over there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, we're, we're, we're right there. Yeah. And we can be like apprehending some people. We can just be sitting in our units, just kind of, you know, taking care of our area. And you'll hear the, the bullets whiz by, you know, they can whiz by your head. You just hear a little ping. And it's like, we're just so used to it. Oh, man. I mean, a few times we've seen like people like, you know, the muzzle the fire. Yeah. The muzzle fire. Muzzle flash. Like, yeah. The muzzle flash come off and, you know, it's like directed towards us. But I mean, oh, geez, you don't see that on the news. You know, I remember one one time I made a. I put that on my Facebook. I said, Hey, we, you know, got shot at this and that. And I, I thought it was a good friend of mine was like, well, that's nothing. You know, he's all for the other side. And he just made it like there was nothing, nothing wrong with it. It's like, oh, there's nothing wrong with getting shot at. At least, you know, you didn't get hit. What? So yeah. 
I mean, he's all for open borders. That's just know. crazy. Yeah. That, that's that's stupid. That That's really stupid. Yeah. Anytime somebody's getting shot at and you say, oh, that's no big deal. Yeah. That's just a moronic statement. Yeah. I was like, I guess you've never gotten shot at before. Huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty normal for us. I mean, it's not like it happens every single night, but I mean, it does happen. And we're just kind of. I don't want to say immune to it. We're just, we, I mean, you're part, accustomed to it. Yeah. You're conditioned. Yeah. I don't panic. I don't freak out. I don't like, you know, it's just like, Oh okay. yeah. No, no big deal. It's like my buddies in the middle East. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the last time I went to Lebanon, mm-hmm. we're, um, we're hanging out in front of my friend's house. You mm-hmm. know, we're just hanging out outside, like on the street in front of his house. And I hear machine gun fire and I'm like, Hey guys, we should go inside. I, I hear gunshots and they're like, Oh, don't worry about it. That's all the way over there. I'm like, <laughs> like it's a machine gun, dude. Like if it's at the very least, it's an AK or an yeah. M16. Like if I can hear it, it could probably hit me. Yeah. So we should go inside. And they're just hanging outside, just smoking a hookah. They didn't miss a single, a single uh, pump of hookah or an inhalation. <laughs> they didn't take a break. They just got smoking their hookah like nothing's happening. Like, oh, it's just another day. Yeah, same with us. I mean, <laughs> like it's a wind chime or something going off. <laughs> yeah, we've heard plenty of machine guns go off, and it's I just for me it's funny because I'll even turn the radio down. And I just rolled my window and I just kind of look over there and just listen to it. Like, oh, geez. <laughs> well, there's nothing you could do, right? Yeah, no. I mean, uh, it's it's not on our our side. So, so all that's going down on the other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because I figured if you're trying to sneak over here, you'd be as quiet as possible. Right. You wouldn't be shooting stuff. And that's the other thing. It's like if we weren't there, who's to say that that wouldn't be going on on our side true, eventually? True. Well, it's 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 amazing that we don't get accidentally shot at more. I remember years ago there was a, a bullet that went through a, one of the windows at UTEP, right? And they said that that came in from across the border because uh-huh. UTEP's so close to the border. Uh-huh. But I don't, I don't even know how they figure that out. Like, how can they confirm yeah, that, where this bullet exactly. came from? Right. I think that's just a speculation at best but i'm surprised that it doesn't happen more because i mean you will hear gunfire almost eh, every other night i mean if you really listen yeah oh wow so i mean accidentally yeah i could see it happening but as far as it being on purpose i think it'd be bad for their business because if they actually you know we'd probably shut the borders down immediately and you know all the cartels all the drug dealers would be pissed off and you know well that would be the kind of thing where we'd send the military right yeah they wouldn't want that so i'm thinking you know i don't want to be complacent and say it's never going to happen to us but right right i mean there's a part of me that's like well you know i don't think they're going to actually want to do that and they may get some person that's pissed off and does it on his own but still well i don't know what your views are on the matter and i i won't ask you can volunteer the information if you want to but i think Anybody who's out there in the middle of the night and having hearing gunfire and seeing bullets come their way or, or, or realizing that there are bullets being fired in their direction is probably a proponent of a bigger, better wall. Uh-huh. I, I think that's. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing is I was I was working there before it was there. So I know what it was like and it yeah. has made a difference. Oh, interesting. So. How so? Like you're not having to chase as many people. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and every and every chase is a physical altercation that could result in somebody dying or getting hurt, whether it's you or the other person. It's if it can be if it can be avoided, Mm -hmm. that's that's for sure better. 
And I mean, just imagine like you're, you're not getting like a, I mean, every now and then, yeah, you'll get a single person, you know, two or three, but you can get groups of 20, 30 people, especially in Arizona and you're working alone. It's not like we work in groups. So oh, you're, man. you know, you're a single guy, single agent coming up to a group of 30 people Oh, geez. in the middle of the night, in the middle of the desert. I wouldn't do it. I mean, you know, it's, I wouldn't do it. It's pretty dangerous. Well, you're probably as big as the 15 of the 15 of those. Well, that's another people. reason why <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that I lift weights because it's, it's funny. Cause you know, when I apprehend somebody, I, I talk to them and you know, we have conversations yeah. and everything. And it's funny cause they joke around with me. A lot of the people they're like, Oh, one of them it was funny. Like two weeks ago, you no, know, two or three weeks ago, I apprehended this one guy and we're just talking and he just looks at me and he's like, in Spanish, he's like, hey, the protein over here must be pretty damn good. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, that's great. And then I had a couple that asked me about <laughs> weightlifting and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, they know it's, it's, you know, it's funny. You need some cool people, though. I mean, generally speaking, for a Mexican, you're pretty big. <laughs> like, really, generally speaking. Not, not the average size. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Well, that's good that you you get into some uh, some nice, fun conversations yeah. like that with the people. I mean, you're one of the nicest guys, one of the mm. one of the calmest guys I've ever met. Like even when we used to train together, and we're grappling, and like between rounds, you just be lying on the floor, like just chilling. You're just always super calm, and I'd be like, "How is this guy a fighter? He's so chill." Like even in training, you were always so chill. I think that was why I didn't get as far as I could have gotten because I didn't have that. Now I think I have that ability to turn the switch on. But back then I was just very like, whatever about it. Like it was fun, but I didn't, you know, I was just having fun. I was like real calm about it. I was like, eh, like you said, like, yeah, this is fun. Yeah. And I, couldn't. whereas you gotta, you gotta walk into the cage. Like I'm going to take this guy's yeah. head off. And that's why this last time when this guy was on Twitter talking about me saying he was going to knock me out, I was like, oh, all right, I got fired up. And I was looking forward to it. I was like, yes, I'm, I'm going to kill this guy. And mm. I got hurt. And I remember the last fight um, when I was 170 with uh, Javier. Yeah. Um, I was ready to go on that one. And I remember I was having breakfast the day of the fight. And I was like amped up. I was like, yeah, he was sitting across, you know, the table yeah. eating, eating over there with his girlfriend. And I was just kind of looking at him. I was like, I'm going to freaking kill this guy. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. And he comes over and he's like, hey, I just want to introduce myself. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to wish you luck. And I hope, you know, neither of us get hurt. And we oh, I was like, dang it. He's a nice now guy. Our buddies. Yeah. Like, now he's my friend and I can't <laughs> hurt him. Like, oh, oh, man. Yeah. That's a weird one. Yeah. You do have to not think about the person. Yeah. Like just, like a, they don't even have a face. They're yeah. just, they're, they're this thing in front of you that you got to take out. Yeah. And afterwards you can shake their hand and, you know, of course yeah. you can go have a drink. Yeah. You can hang out. It's all good. But when you walk into the cage, even if it is a really nice guy, you've, you've, you've got to just set that aside. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I didn't really do that with my fights. I mean, I only had three, my first one, I was just trying to figure out what the hell's right. going on. And then my second one, my second one, I gave the guy a pretty good beating. And uh, my third fight was uh, was pretty chill. I was actually, that one, that one I was kind of asleep. 
Mm-hmm. I was half asleep. It took me a whole round just to wake up. Uh-huh. And people, people are like, oh, that was, you know, why weren't you punching? Why weren't you kicking? I'm like, I was half asleep. I was just, yeah. it took me a round to wake up. I know that feeling. I slept all day. Uh-huh. I was still in college at the time. I remember it was finals week and not that I studied that much, but still <laughs> I, I, I was napping up until like they woke me up. They said, Hey, start warming up. Cause, cause you're, you're the next, you're the next fight. And that's when I started. And so I was still a little bit of sleep when I got into the cage. Uh-huh. I never had that thought of, I want to get out there and hurt this guy. Uh-huh. But I think if I were to fight again, I would. I would, I, would, I would keep that in my mind. Like, this is about to get physical. Because yeah. I could have lost my third fight. Uh-huh. I ended up uh, tapping him out in the second round. Uh-huh. But in the first round, I was getting my ass beat. Uh-huh. And I'm, I definitely lost that round. Uh, and I don't think that's good. I think you should, when that bell rings, you should be ready to go. Right. It's like the fight is on. You're, uh-huh. You should go. One guy who does that a lot and has had a pretty good career is Nate Diaz. I don't know how much, if you right. watch many yeah. of his fights, uh-huh. he many times has been just almost asleep in the first round uh-huh. and then taps the guy out in the second round. And they go, they asked him one time, I forget which fight it was, uh, and, and they said, hey, like, wh- how come you were you were so chill in the first round? Was that a game plan? Were you trying to get him to tire out? And he's like, no, it just took me around to wake up. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a interesting thing to say from a guy fighting in the UFC. Like, oh, I was just half asleep <laughs> in, the, in the first I, round. I felt that before where you're just like numb. Yeah. I'm just like so relaxed. It's like I'm not even stressed about right? anything. You're just like, eh. Yeah. It's like I need to get smacked around a couple times or pissed off. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Or just just energized. Yeah. Not necessarily angry, but just energized. Mm-hmm. And and but I mean, we're people, man. Sometimes you're hyped and then you're calm and then you're angry and then you're sad and then you're happy and then you're you're sleepy and then you're tired mm-hmm. and sometimes you feel great. Just like in the gym, some yeah. days you have a great workout and you're an absolute killer in there. Yeah. And then some days you're like, well, I'm just going to do the best I can. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to, I, you know, you just get through it mm-hmm. and it's not a very good workout, but it's all you're capable of on that day. Yeah. And there's no particular reason that you can point to, to say, this is why my workout wasn't that good today. I didn't, because I didn't sleep enough or because I didn't eat enough. No, you slept fine. You ate fine. Work was fine. Yeah. Nobody's stressing you out and you just show up at the gym and you don't have a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing when you show up on fight day. Some days you're ready to tear shit up and yeah. some days you're not. It's always like the day before that I'm amped up and I'm like ready to go. And then the day of, I'm actually like super calm and just relaxed. Like <laughs> I could just lay back there and like not do anything. I've I've often wondered what how much of that has to do with cutting weight. Like mm. you cut weight and when you're hungry, you're in survival mode. Uh-huh. So the best workouts that I do are when I'm a little bit hungry. Uh-huh. Because there's just something about being hungry that kind of makes you want to get up and do stuff. Right. Whereas when you when you eat a lot, you just you relax, right? right? Um, and I think that when you when you, you so at the weigh-in, you're kind of you're in that starvation mode yeah. where you want to kill yeah. shit. It's like, give me my food. I'm, I'm yeah. Ready. And then you eat and you sleep and you wake up the next day and you have a good breakfast and and you take a nap and now you, everything is good. I mean, yes, there's this fight that you have to go go through in a few hours, but you're satisfied. Mm-hmm. All your primal instincts are are yeah. satisfied. They're chill. So maybe it would be a good idea just to fight at the weight that you're at. Well, I mean, maybe I in my case, I don't know. I think it's just a matter of meditation, mm-hmm. just being able to to 
release the monster. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what this next one. If it happens, I mean, it's weird, but some people might think it's weird. But I don't want it to be like, oh, I go in there and you know beat the guy and that's it. No, I want to get hurt. Yeah, you know, I want yeah, us yeah, both yeah. to come out mangled and beat the hell out of each other, and then you know, of course, I'd rather win. But, sure, but just to have a fight like that to where you're both like. Just trading punches back and forth. You're bleeding. You're I get cut. It. Like just oh, that, that you want it exciting. Yeah, yeah. You want yeah. you want a battle. Yeah. And then I think I'd be satisfied with myself and be like, okay, do it, bro. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Oh man, I'll I'll be one of your training partners. I mean, do if it. it. If it ever happens, I'll I'll probably just tell you know like my closest friends like you guys and yeah, and that's it. And then yeah. once it's done, then I'll post it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Cause that's another thing. I don't know if it's happened to you, but like on fight day when you're, you're getting stressed out and people are calling you like, Hey, get me in, get me a ticket. Where are right. you at? And well, I don't, I don't look at my phone at all during competition days because oh. the one thing that bothers me more than anything is the good luck texts. I okay. hate good yeah. luck texts. Uh-huh. I don't want them. I don't yeah. need them. I don't want them. I don't want any luck. I'm going to uh-huh. kick this guy's ass. Yeah. I don't need to get lucky. Uh-huh. I got this. I hate good luck texts. Mm-hmm. I hate, yeah, you got this. Uh, you're you're gonna win. You're gonna mm-hmm. knock him out. You're gonna good. I, I hate all of that. I don't want to hear any of that. Not from my coaches. Not from my cornermen. Not from my. I don't. I don't want any of that. Mm-hmm. I hate all that. I don't wish anybody good luck before I fight them, and I don't want anybody to wish me good luck. Uh-huh. You know? And even if it's my friend, especially my opponent, I would yeah. never wish my opponent good Jeez. luck. I hope they have bad luck. I hope they roll their ankle and I knock them out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want them to have good luck. Well. <laughs> That's counterproductive. Yeah. <laughs> See, and for me, it's like I want people around me, but I don't want them to talk to me. Just, just yeah, yeah, just yeah, be there, yeah. But don't, yeah, don't yeah. just yeah, let help me, me warm yeah. up. Let me be. Don't talk to me. Just, just let me be. But be there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's 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 perfect for me. I just hate the good luck texts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't bother me, but it doesn't help me. Yeah. It's just kind of like, eh, all right. Yeah. I just want to get. I, I also kind of prefer not having anybody in the audience that I know, mm-hmm. right? Because then I'm thinking, what, what, what if they're bored? What if they're they've been waiting for too long? What if I'm I'm on the what? What if I'm in a compromising position or a, a compromised position and they're worried about me? Yeah. If it's somebody who doesn't really understand the sport, they're going to be freaking out. Like, oh my god, yeah. he's getting beat up. He's he, this is really bad. Where somebody who understands the fight game will look at that and, and they, they wouldn't be that worried because yeah. they know that it's not that bad. Like, yeah, you're taking some punches, but you're okay. Yeah. And so like, if my mom were in the crowd, I'd be like, Oh shit. Now I can't yeah. ever take a punch because she's going to be freaking out. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather her not even be watching. Cause I don't want to think about that. Uh-huh. And she could just watch it afterwards. So yeah, my mom's never seen any of my fights. Yeah. No. Not even after? No. I don't think mine has either. Yeah, I don't even think she's seen grappling matches. No, none. Uh, She can't handle it. No, my dad went to a couple, but most of them afterwards were out of town. So, yeah. And those I liked. I like going where nobody knows me. It's just, you know, it's better that way. Well, gee, man, if you were in the UFC, you just wouldn't have that option. I know. Everybody's going to watch it. Yeah. Uh, And at that level, I wouldn't have that same concern. If I was in the UFC and I'm fighting on pay-per-view or on, on Fox or whatever it is, and I know that all my friends and around the world are watching, I, I wouldn't really have much concern about 
I would just tune that out. Yeah. I'll just say, you know, whatever. Like if, if don't 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 watch it if you don't know what's going on or if you can't yeah. handle it, just don't watch it. But um, I think it would be really fun. Mm-hmm. I think that would be really, really fun. Probably take you like two days to respond to all the texts after. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um you you don't really act on something, not just you, but people don't really act on something until you have a plan in mind. And so what's your plan? When, when are you planning on doing this? Do you have a date? Um, no, I don't. But um, one of my, the original coach that I worked with, he's in Colorado. And I know a lot of people don't like him, don't get along with him, but I still have a relationship with him. Um, you know, he just kind of checks in on me here and there. Never mentions the fight game to me. It, if I bring it up, then he talks about it. And I was just joking around one day because he made a comment about my weight. He's like, hey, man, you know, this and that about your weight. And he's like, you're, you know, you're getting big. And I said, yeah, who, who knows? Maybe I'll fight again. And then he just said, hey, you know, I'll always get you a fight whenever you want. So let's get you back in the game. I say a year from now. How does that sound? I'll be 40. Yeah, that's still a good enough age. There you go. A year from now. But I mean, next October. Knowing me, I'd be like, I'll do it tomorrow if they were to say, hey, I got you one tomorrow. Well, let's not you do know? it tomorrow. <laughs> you got to get in shape first. You got you to be able to actually twist and punch. Straighten my arm out. That, yeah, straighten your arms <laughs> out. That's going to take some work, man. It's going to take some yoga. It's going to take a yeah. lot of pad work, bag work, a lot of uh, not so much jump rope and things like that because no. you're too heavy. But as the weight comes off, maybe you can start doing more of that. Really like grappling, getting back into – being more mobile and flexible on the ground. Um, that, that'd probably be like the first several months would just be basics on the ground, mm-hmm. passing guard, uh, just getting the mobility back yeah. of, of jujitsu and then hitting pads, mm-hmm. getting your focus, getting your eyes in to, 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 to re to, to, to reteach your eyes, to focus on, on a target and hit it with your knuckles and mm-hmm. have your punches and kicks connect and all that. And then, then if somebody says, then if this is like in April and somebody yeah. says there's a fight tomorrow and you want to take it, I'll be like, all right. Because <laughs> I've just always been one of those guys. I mean, maybe not the smartest thing to do, but I just could never say no to one. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know. Well, then all I have to do is, 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 um, all I have to do is just find a promoter when it's, when the time comes and you're ready and just mm-hmm. say, Hey, call Jerome and tell him, <laughs> tell him you want him on the show in six weeks or four weeks. He'll be there. And he'll be there. Yep. Done. All I'll right. Wait. I probably would. Cool. Well, that, that sounds good to me. I look forward to it. <laughs> but yeah. You'll be the first one to know if I do it. Okay. All right. Yeah. I want to be on your, on your training squad. I'll be in your corner probably yeah. too. No, yeah. You would be. Yeah. Sounds good. Maybe, maybe, maybe. No, I shouldn't say this. No, never mind. I was gonna say maybe I'll get on the same card. Do it. I don't know. We always said we'd do one. <laughs> we, we always said we were. Uh, we always said we'd yeah. fight on the same card, right? Yep. Uh, maybe. We'll see. Just gotta get it out. Gotta get that last one. But then again, when we started, it was just supposed to be one. That's when I. That was my whole idea. I just wanted to do it once because it was something nobody has ever done. You know, really, it's like it was new. Yeah, it was, it was brand new, and it, it looked. Everybody was looking at it like, "Oh, that's so brutal. How could you do that?" And everybody was afraid of it. I was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna do it one time," and then you just get hooked. Kept doing it. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna do one more. About a year from now is what we're gonna shoot for. Yep. And I know how to get you to do it. I just got to call, find a promoter, and say, "Hey, give him a call. Tell him the fight is on." Mm-hmm. There's some guy. There's some guy running his mouth. Yeah. 
I'll get some guy to send you a message on oh, Facebook. Oh, that, that'd be awesome. <laughs> That's how we got to yeah. motivate you. Yeah. You're too much of a nice guy. We need somebody to get under your skin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, if they do, then yeah. I don't All right. think I'll lose. I won't lose. You won't lose. No. You'll, you'll, it'll, it's going to be a war. Yeah. I look forward to it. Cool, man. Let's wrap it up. Anything else? No, no. Um, it was fun. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming in, brother. Thank you for having me. See ya. Thank <laughs> you.